instant relief can be yours in your own television. You can skate inside your own home, inside your very own cathode ray tube, in the luxurious surroundings that you know so well. Liberty Elegante shakes, bakes, quakes for you, now in your beta, in your VHS, in your PDQ. Swallow them whole, but never on the first date. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bones Brigade audio show. I am Larry, and here, as always, with me today is Matt. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot's going on, man. No? for this episode. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, this is going to be real cool. Yeah, I'm happy to kind of take, I don't know what we would call this, maybe like a little zigzag or a detour yeah. off uh, coming detour. off video show and Future Primitive and Animal Chin. That's like mm. really crucial it's material there. Yeah, so we're kind of got another little rare one for people. It'll be cool, but I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I feel like we're kind of growing and evolving here and people are really digging what we're doing. So it's very much appreciated. And like I've asked before, if you want to hop on to Apple Podcasts and give us like a rating or review or a follow on there, that would be super duper. Indeed. Our Instagram's cranking as well. So if you want to hop on Instagram, it's at the Bones Brigade Audio Show. Give us a like or a follow, whatever they call it these days. Yeah, I'm going to tell you guys, for, for those of you listening, my co-host here, Larry, is, a, uh, is an archivist of Powell stuff like you would not even believe and if you get on and you follow our page you will definitely see some stuff you've never seen before and probably learn some things you've never knew before but larry's posting stuff up regularly that i'm like where in the world did this dude find this stuff so <laughs> i now have finally something to do with this stuff that i've been yeah, like yeah. over the years like oh this is a cool little photo or a cool little yeah. bit of info and i'll just screen cap it and save it and yeah. how i can recycle yeah. it back into the world that's worth it. Worth it to follow just for that, if nothing else. Also on our Insta, I think I'll mention our friend uh, Ed Sider over in England has uh, done a really cool illustration for us of Stacy Peralta and some of the video characters, I guess we'll call them, some of the people that appear in in the Bones Brigade videos. Um, it's really no, cool nobody design. that nobody that skates, just like the sort of peripheral characters from the skits and stuff like that. You will that. know them. Yeah. You, yeah. You'll, you instant, it, you'll recognize you'll them instantly. Yeah. 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 We're toying with the notion of making some t-shirts or coffee mugs. I mean, we feel like we need to do something with this. So if you would be into a t-shirt or a coffee mug or something like that, let us know. We're trying to uh, figure out if people would even care. So, so let us know, Matt, I saw you got another new skateboard. This is the last one, dude. The last skateboard ever? This is it. No, no it's come on. not. It's definitely not. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I did. Um, my girlfriend, uh, my amazing girlfriend Jenny, bought me one of the new Tom Graholski uh, Vision reissues, which is like the um, probably an '86 graphic. It's like the robot. I think it's like a horned robot of some sort doing like a layback on a quarter pipe. Yeah, that's uh, a great one. Classic Vision graphic psycho skate throwback. I love it. Yeah, it's just one of those ones I've always wanted. It's been on the like, I hope they reissue this list forever. And because mm -hmm. I can't, I mean, I can't even afford an OG of of that. They they're rare too. You don't you don't really see them come up a lot. Yeah, and if they do, they're crazy. One. Yeah, they reissued it, and uh, 
my girlfriend popped for one for me and uh it's awesome i love it that's cool you can't go wrong with the jersey devil no you cannot well, actually, speaking of old boards and old graphics, we've got Matt Bass coming on here in a few minutes to join us for this episode. And Matt is the producer and director of the documentary film called Skate Face. And that is all about the history and evolution of skateboard graphics starting in the 70s into the 80s, 90s, present day. And uh, it's, it's really good. He shared, uh, you know, a little private copy for you and I to watch, and it was super yeah, good. And, amazing. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun to actually want to watch that again. It was really good. Um, Me too. But yeah, Matt will be joining us here in a minute. And uh, today we're talking about Axe Rated, a really kind of weird and rare promo video from Paolo Peralta. And uh, we'll be diving into all the details as usual. So without further ado, let's bring on Matt. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Stoked to be here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. We've got a really kind of weird and bizarre video coming at you today. But before we jump into the video, I thought we'd talk a little bit about Skate Face. I know it's been in the works for a long time. How do you even start that process of, of making that movie? It's, uh, it's been a very, very, very long process much longer than I anticipated. I started back in uh, 2007, essentially. And uh, like a lot of us, I was super inspired by uh, Disposable, John Claver's book. And that book just kind of like reawakened my uh, sleeping dragon, so to speak. And I already had like my own collection going and it was like discovering that book was like, oh wow, there's other guys out there doing this. And then it was, it just became like this book that I was just obsessed with. And at the same time, I was here in California, just working as a director cinematographer. And uh, I wanted to do something uh, that represented me, basically. And so I was just like, I kind of went to like my shelf of like VHS and DVDs. And I was like, I got to watch a film on skateboard. And I was like, there really isn't one, you know? And that was kind of like the aha moment. I was like, oh my God, this book could be a movie. And so began the process like that. It started, uh, the first day of shooting was at the ASR trade show. Dale Smith was doing the first ever vintage skateboard auction. It happened to be my birthday. So I was just like, this is it. This is the beginning, right? Yeah, there it you go. Just kind of, it kind of just represented like that skateboards were becoming like a thing and it kind of showcased the history of it. And it was, uh, because it was ASR and ASR at the time, people don't know what that is, action sports, real, real retailer, retail. Yeah. So that was like a big thing back then where all the brands would go. And so a lot of guys that I wanted to feature happened to be there. So I was like fully took advantage of that. And the first, I was like, I knew that I wanted to start at the beginning. And essentially when did the graphics really become graphics and West Humston was there. And so I talked to Wes and then I started with Wes and then I moved on to like uh, Steve Olson and then I moved on. To, I had like Ray Flores and then I just kind of just trickled out from there. I had a list. It was probably like 100 people deep. I think I got like 70 interviews about. So who were the hardest or most rare people to uh, pin down for this thing? Oh, man. You know, the part of the fun of collecting is the hunt. 
right? So like trying to find that board with those wheel wells or that paint scheme or whatever. And so uh, it, it was very much like that. It was like, how do you find Neil Blender, right? And this was like pre-Instagram, pre-social media really kind of happening and developing. I didn't want to ask people necessarily for people's information. And sometimes people would freely give it like, oh, you got to go get so-and-so and they just give you their info. But Neil was kind of someone who was more like on the DL and wasn't really out there in the public's eye. And he was kind of uh, this kind of mysterious character. And uh, the way I found Neil is probably one of the most interesting stories because I was on eBay, of course, searching Neil Blender, which was a daily habit at that point. And uh, I saw this little piece of art and I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to bid on that, right? I bid on it and I win it. And then I write the guy. I was just like, hey, this is Matt. I'm working on this documentary and I've got to have Neil Blender in this movie or it will not be complete. If there's any way you can get in touch with him, let me know. And he was like, I am Neil. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and I was like, sick. That was, that was like a huge one for me just because Neil represented um, just like the first skateboard pro to make his own art. And uh, as a, sk a young skater, I just always appreciated that, like, just, just his line or his brush strokes. It was just very expressive and with very few strokes, you can create like a whole mood. And he always did things a little weird and maybe backwards and it just kind of worked for him. So I always felt that Neil was just like super important person to have in the film. And so that was one of the, the funny one, the funny stories. That's great. Well, since we're, you know, a Powell Peralta type based show, tell us a little bit about interviewing VCJ and what that was like. Oh, VCJ. Okay. VCJ was probably, I'd say he was my favorite interview. So the way I got VCJ was I drove to Santa Cruz and I got Jim Phillips and Jim Phillips was awesome. And I was like, Hey, could you, could you put me in touch with a uh, VCJ? And he was like, sure, no problem. So I'll just never forget this. I'm driving down from like Santa Cruz and uh, I call and I'm like, hi, this is Matt. He goes, oh yes, I've been expecting an old soul to call me. How are you, Matt? <laughs> great to meet you again. And I was just like, this is gonna be fucking great. Yeah. So next day we show up to VCJ's house and what's funny is my friend who was with Help Me Shooting the Movie, Matt Pappas, he, we were both sitting in a car and his name's Matt too. And VCJ wokes up and he's just like, I'm like, hi, I'm Matt. And this is Matt too. And he's like, of course, you're both Matt's. And then he starts going into this whole like past life kind of rant. And I'm super open to this stuff. Like, I don't even think he's crazy. I'm just like, let's just get it all out there. Yeah, let's roll and tape. This is roll. No, we didn't. Actually, the thing is we didn't roll tape at all for about five, six hours. Holy cow. Wow. We sat in VCJ's house and he smoked probably a pack of clove of cigarettes. And he had this system where he was using his fingers to kind of, I don't know, read your soul essentially. And he basically had a, like a little board, a dry erase board. And he'd be like, give me a number, give me a number, give me, and he'd write these numbers down. And then after he read our souls, he was like, okay, you're worthy. <laughs> and then, wow. And then he, and basically he was like, okay, get that camera and start recording my face. It was just real. it was really fun. We, 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 uh, we talked for quite a while and then his girlfriend Friday came home and she was like, you guys are still here. He was, at that point he was, he was still, he was playing his guitar and she was like, he must really like you guys because you're still here and he's playing guitar. 
And uh, so VCJ was great. That would be like uh, tantamount to me, like meeting, uh, I don't even know. I can't, what, what, what can you compare? Pablo Picasso or something. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was like meeting Merlin or something, right? And, yeah. And I used to have, uh, you know, I used to dream about being an artist for Powell, you know, when I was a kid. Because mm. I knew I was never good enough to skate for Powell, but I was like, oh man, you know, I love to draw and stuff. You got to get in there somehow. Yeah. And I ha I still have this thing my brother made for me when he was like in first or second grade, where it was like, uh, like this thing that he made. And it was like, like in school. And it was like, I hope my brother can become an artist for Paul Peralta. <laughs> <laughs> but VCJ was like my hero. I mean, you know, just from an art perspective, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being able to draw that good. And you've spent so many hours just looking at those boards and trying to figure out what the runes say, you know, on the Wellander graphic and uh -huh. stuff like that, you know? So yeah, he was, he was awesome. He's a pretty remarkable artist. It just kind of flows out of him. There really aren't any interviews with with VCJ. Same thing with Neil. It was just like you don't see a lot of interviews with Neil Blender or any with VCJ that I've seen. And then the other one that was Mark Gonzalez, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, these are three quintessential artists of skateboarding, and they never do interviews. How am I going to get these guys? But I think it was just like skateboarding. It's just like okay, I got this is like a trick that I've got to learn and pull off. And so you just keep trying, right? And so mm -hmm. you figure out a way to get them. Those three, like, you know, if you think about it, they all have such a unique personality type. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all three of those guys, Blender, Gons, they are like truly like artistic brains, you know? Oh, absolutely. There's something about them that's just like free flowing thought. It's just kind of, they're just kind of like wired to just be creative and, and think right. they're funny. And uh, when when you interview them, you kind of get a sense of that too. Gons, I got Gons on on, on, a, on a really good day apparently because he was very cohesive and clear, and uh, he wasn't so goofy and prankstery. And the way I got Gons is a pretty interesting story. But, um, I had interviewed Tommy Guerrero, and I was like, Tommy, I gotta get Gons, and he was like, Ooh, that that's gonna be hard, man. He's like, you know, he sends me artwork on napkins, and I have to piece it together. And I was like, anything I can do. And he was just, so I told him about the story that basically was like the seed of the entire movie, basically. And in like 1984, I went to this uh, skateboard demo in Westwood, New Jersey. It was in a parking lot and it was uh, maybe like 100 kids there, 150 kids. My dad had a video camera. We brought the video camera. And so I shot basically my first skateboard video. It was Mark Gonzalez, basically. And he was basically just on vision and i knew of him from the magazine so i was like 13 or 14 i was just like in awe never really saw pro skater or even like that many skateboarders outside like suburban new york there was no skateboard scene or anything you'd have to go to like new jersey to just buy your skateboard which is where uh westwood cycle is what it was called there's a whole history there with like mike Bolelli from new jersey and all that stuff so i had this videotape of gons and that's the footage in the film, right? Yeah, that's the footage in the film of him off the lawn tramp and stuff. And I just held on to this tape forever. I just knew I was like, this is gold. Over the years, I transferred like VHS to like Super VHS, Super VHS to like Mini DV, Mini DV to like, you know, digital. So I kept the, the clip alive, essentially. So I told Tommy about that. He was like, dude, that's amazing. That, that might be some of the oldest footage of Gons. And I was like, could be. And so uh, I wrote a, a quick letter to Tommy 
And, and he was like, no, 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 you can, you need to tell the whole story in a letter. So I rewrote the letter. He sent it to Gons and Gons was like, yeah, cool. So I met Gons in New York. And the first thing he says to me, he's like, you got that footage? <laughs> so I, I took out my laptop, showed him my laptop. And he was just like, oh, wow. He's like, I look nervous. And then he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go outside and shoot. Yeah. He wanted to trade the, trade the footage for his words. He needed that yeah, footage so up would- front. So it was funny how that that one archival piece became like the key to unlocking Gons like full circle. How was it talking with Lance? Lance Lance was awesome. He's so funny. Such a pure skateboarder on so many levels, you know. You know, seeing him in all the videos and all this stuff over the years and and, then getting to meet all these guys was probably the, the funnest part of the whole film, right? You know, and so Lance was, of course, a favorite of mine growing up just for a lot of reasons just being such a fun and goofy character and taking the seriousness out of stuff and making skateboarding playful he definitely lives up to that one of the things i really admired about him was that you know his whole collection he says it in the movie is he just loves skateboarding right these things are don't have any value to anybody but him yeah he's got quite a crazy collection yeah he had those uh those pool tables mm-hmm. man i want to those things are so cool. He gave me a braid of Cab's hair before. See, <laughs> there's one of those weird things he might have. Yeah, he's got a big Ziploc bag of Cab's hair and he gave me a braid. That's so cool. So what's the status of the film right now? Uh, the status of the film, it's pretty much done. And then it's going to go out to, uh, to be sold. And then hopefully we'll see it soon. Nice. You think it'll be uh, hard copies? Or are you going to like a streamer? Or how do you think it's going to get out there to the world? You know, it's it's not up to me at this point. I, I'm hoping that we do some sort of a iTunes thing first where you can purchase it and then do the streaming thing. That's typically how these things go. Okay. Physical DVDs, as much as I, I would love to have one, it's I'm not really sure if we're going to do that right now. I don't know how many people are really buying DVDs right now. Yeah, sometimes I just, I love all these skateboard documentaries and then, you know, I get a download or it's on a you know, a streaming site for a year and then it disappears. It's just like, it gets kind of lost. So I like to get, I still like to get a hard copy for the stuff I really, really love, you know? Well, that's why I like, I'll just buy those stuff on like Amazon or Apple TV. And then it's just in your archive. Well, should we uh, get into X rated a little bit? Sure. Awesome. I got a few little credits. There's not too many credits in the movie. It's kind of a, a weird mystery video. Yeah. The credits were kind of funny. I saw at the end there. Yeah. So today we're talking about Axe Rated, which was released in 1988, has a running time of just 25 minutes and directed by George Powell, defected by Peralta, S, misdirection by C.R. Stesek III, and redirected by L. Billy Beverick Valentine, which I don't know, that's got to be some inside joke or something, maybe. I don't know that that name. But this was essentially a video they made to play at a trade show booth and then was eventually sent out to shops. And I think that's how it originally kind of got out to the public, because I know you could eventually mail order it like uh, in the back of those uh, Bones Brigade intelligent reports. They'd have like the little video coupons you could mail order it. You know, I never saw one for sale in a skate shop properly. The way I got mine was my local skate shop used to rent out videos. So they set up their own little like video rental department in their store just for skate videos and then eventually they stopped that because kids were renting them and never bringing them back 
but I get, I, I had rented a few and they trusted me. So one day I went in there and they're like, Oh, check out. We got this new weird Powell video. Do you want to just borrow it? And I was just like, heck yeah. So I took it home and copied it and it had that, uh, that copy production, uh, macro vision. Do you remember that? Like it somehow it knew if you were doing, you know, AV ins to AV outs or something that would kind of like scramble the signal a little bit, but I still would watch this like really dark blurry <laughs> video like quite a bit i've got a uh little i don't know if you'd call it a quote i have a buddy who's friends with jim fitzpatrick who was kind of one of the powell peralta uh employees so i asked you know he says originally it was meant for shops and trade show only he's like i know some copies were sent out as gifts and it was cheaper to duplicate more than we needed. And there was lots of extra copies laying around. So I'm guessing at some point, they're just like, we got to get rid of these. And, you know, eventually more copies got out to the public. And one cool thing about the back cover, it's actually autographed by Stacy Peralta and George Powell on the back in uh, paint pen markers. On the Skate One download page for this video, it says, this title was never intended for public sale. It was a video catalog with skateboarding intended for dealers to play in their shops original copies had signatures by both george and stacy on the back of the case and then made in ntsc and pal vhs formats that's all they say about it that's cool and i originally and then i now i have an original copy it was i'm going to say the year 1999 i was at an asr trade show and i was in their booth and then i asked about that video and if i if they still had copies and then uh they were like yeah we have it but we won't sell it to you. They're like, where do you live? And I told them where I live. Then they're like, okay, go to this shop and they'll order it for you, like special order it for you. And then you can purchase it from them, which was like this weird, I don't know, kind of one too many people on the chain there. Yeah. But, uh, I, I got it. So I, I have an original one now. Yeah, I have to admit, uh, I had not known about this video, you know, and I had worked in a skate shop in high school. So around like, 87 88 89 and uh we didn't have a vhs player in our shop but we certainly had vhs players at home playing the other Powell videos so watching this was like it was like discovering like a whole new video from Powell, which was like holy shit this is like the lost video yeah i, lo really I love cool. it because you know i loved the video so much i always wanted to see more like there's got to be more and then this is almost like a cool bonus yeah. Of, you know, animal, there's lots of animal chin outtakes in this one and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. I remember people like my friends talking about it, like some like older dudes that skated in my kind of crew had heard of it. And I was always confused because, I mean, I think the confusing thing, which we'll probably need to talk about now today is like, why was there really no, they're called this, they call this video five, Right. I don't know. There's nothing on the package. I think a lot of people think that because there's right. no video five and then they know this about this extra video. Right, right. But I think that like it was always sort of framed as video five. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. would always talk about this missing video that came between public domain and, you know, because when Ban This came out, everyone was expecting that to be video five. And they said, and then it was video six. Yeah. And they're like, Everyone's like, well, what, what, what's video five? And then you, then I, and then, then you'd start hearing people say, oh, there was this video called Axe Rated, but it's really hard to find or it never came out or something. And I didn't see it until it appeared on YouTube at some point in the past. I will say 
If you go to Larry, okay, skate one, skate one, and then there's another, there's like a Bones Brigade site, but it says Bones Brigade number five. Oh, wow. I'll have to yeah. check that out. But that never yeah. made sense to me because it right. comes out before public domain. So right. it's between three and four. Yeah, you know? exactly. Okay. Exactly. But it, it does say on the skate, I'm looking at it right here. Oh, Bone, wow. Bones Brigade number five. Interesting. So, you know, again, it's, it's, yeah, you know, part of it, you have to wonder if it's just Powell being Powell in those times and just sort of like playing by their own rules with like, you know what I mean? They were just, they didn't yeah. have to, they didn't have anyone to answer to. If they want to say it goes, you know, <laughs> two, six, five, three or whatever, like whatever, they're just going to do it, you know? Yeah. The numbers yeah. get messy because in the Thrasher article for Bones Brigade video show, they reference it as Bones Brigade video two. Because I guess at some point they were considering skateboarding in the 80s as Bones Brigade Video 1. Right. And then there's that article in the Bones Brigade Intelligence Report. Well, they refer to ban this as Bones Brigade Video 5. Video 5. And then the the video comes out and it says that right on the cover, Bones Brigade Video 6. So it's, it's, I think somebody goofed up somewhere and they're trying to, they're trying to fix it or something. Uh, it could be Stasic trying to play tricks on us, right? Exactly. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. You almost have to think like it's just them being like. It's like an Easter egg. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 We're trying to part of the uh, this podcast is we're trying to just crack all these little codes. Well, because I'm sure there are going to be people that see this that know about, you know what I mean? That know about Axe Rated and they're going to say, why are they doing an Axe Rated after Animal Chin? Because so <laughs> yeah. that's where it comes in in the timeline. Right. Right. So there you go. Yep. It does seem to be like it was made for uh, a trade show purposes, right? Oh, it has to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Why don't we uh, pop in the tape and we'll kind of go through this thing scene by scene. So it starts out with a quick, almost kind of like a TV kind of scrambled test pattern type thing which is in the sound effects of like the dial kind of turning trying to come in to a a channel and that's another television intro uh to a powell video which you know we've been cars and tvs in all (laughs) all through these powell videos and then right off the bat we meet uh miss catherine who is the powell peralta fashion simulator model 36c7xi and she's here to wel- welcome us to the wonderful world of Powell Peralta products. Is she like a, a robot, like 1950s housewife, like robot? Is that what? Um, I don't know what they're I, going for with this. Yeah. I'm definitely getting a lot of Lucille Ball kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think she looks exactly like Wilma from the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Well, of course, you know, everybody knows her from just her very brief little snippets in uh public domain oh yeah that's right which comes later which comes later but i tried to find out who this actress was because i was just you know my idea was just like i would love to talk to this lady about this weird you know how does she get this gig who is she like does she leave this being like that was just the weirdest thing i've about? ever done right. yeah <laughs> but i got another little uh Text message uh, from Jim Fitzpatrick. Stacy's brother Craig was an actor, and they had a agent in Hollywood who we contacted with our interests and needs. We do screen tests and hire accordingly. She was a good actress. A quick study got into character immediately. 
do not know her name, unfortunately. So that's what he says. So I, I and I've asked a few other people and, and no one seems to know. So we'll have to find her. Yeah. I'm an expert at this sort of thing. There you go. We're putting you on the case. I wonder if her, I wonder if her real name's Catherine. That could be. That could be. I'm going to say it is. And the model 36C7XI, I, you think they're trying to, well, I hear 36C and I'm I think thinking. think what Brasa is. Yeah. 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 But 7XI, I don't, some type mm-hmm. of uh, Seven Roman ply. Yeah. Could be. Definitely got a throwback to like THX1138 too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's just spewing out this insane dialogue about skateboard products, which I'm guessing has got to be Craig Stesic because anything that's like weird in Powell videos, I'm just instantly like, oh, it's Craig Stesic. So I'm yeah. guessing that he he wrote all that stuff. And it's pretty, it's all pretty interesting and kind of funny too, you know? I think that they, it sounds to me like they went through and they got a stack of like life magazines from the 60s, 1950s, and yeah. 70s, and they just pulled out headlines from ads. Well, I recognize some of the, the words she was saying were in, are, are from Powell Peralta ads, like previous ads. Oh, okay. Years. Yeah. Hmm. That's got to be static in there. Just yeah, definitely. Twisting it up and making it interesting and funny at the same time but she's hanging out in uh behind a table of you know powell peralta products looks like almost everything they you know that's like their current line which is all i would consider all those boards like the chin boards like those shapes and those graphics from that that time period so that table is probably worth a million dollars right now (laughs) everything on that table i think i should even like drop in some of her dialogue clips into this episode because I, I I can't even, you know, write it all down or say it all, but you know, for the so listener much. at home, I would definitely go check out this video and I'll maybe I'll drop in a few audio clips of the crazy things she's saying. So to the curb, bust out to the curb. Get down on this street machine. Available perhaps in maple, seven ply sly, or buyu bonite. Anything else about her quick introduction before we move on? She she says that I know I didn't notice she said it's like invites you to join in the gold rush and it looks like that was the theme of a like that tra- like a trade show that they did at some point. Yeah, they show that later on. I think they show that later in this video, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that this was filmed for I would guess the probably 1987 ASR show or something like that. Yeah, it could be cuz when they show footage from that booth, you, they show like TV screens where they're showing Miss Catherine on one of the TVs. So they're yeah. probably showing like an earlier cut of this video, basically. Yeah. Yep. Man, that would have been so cool to go to that trade show in 87. So after her introduction, we kind of get a teaser for the Savannah Slamma contest, which is this really high energy, quick cut montage of the skating in the Savannah Slamma contest. And you also notice, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's uh, first appearance from Steve Size is in there. He does the, the handrail. And this is uh, the two contests in here, the Savannah Slamma and then the mini ramp contest, both really captured my imagination for some reason. Like I just just thought the obstacles and the ramps were all cool and the skating was like super awesome. And it's got this drunk engine song. It's just like really cool. And it's actually the exact opening montage that's in the Savannah Slamma video. So it's just like a little cut and paste here. Yeah, the skating is really rad. It's it's nothing. It's no flip tricks going on. It's just kind of like charging stuff and just going big. I love that time skateboarding. It was just like big wall rides and just like stylish board slides. It's just like 
simple raw skateboarding you know? yeah i love it too like i said the two contests here uh you know i guess 87 88 that must have been my prime time year that i would just like kind of daydream and pretend i'm skating in these contests <laughs> what i loved in the savannah salama was that like 30 foot long board slide rail slide bar that they made yeah that pvc coping or i don't know if it's pvc or metal coping but like so it's so long you're like oh my god i would give anything to skate on that thing yeah i wanted to ride that all day long <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut back to uh miss Catherine for a little bit and this segment of her she's kind of talking about wheels and bearings and it's just more this like weird insane dialogue try the new concrete crusaders or the asphalt aggressors the freestyle freakers Vertical stimulators can be your eliminators. And not to pass on our all-around general pleasure units, 97A, rock hard and rock long. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but she's talking about like 90, she keeps referencing the 90s and 1990 and stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty far out in the future. Yeah. And then, I don't know, it's just like you think about Powell in 1990 and it's kind of like on the way down, you know, because there's already the rise of world industries right yeah well, she's a robot so she's maybe <laughs> yeah she's uh needs to get reprogrammed yeah. she's reading from the uh paul perilta dealer folder yeah which uh, a friend of mine has has one of those oh nice a complete yeah. one i it's not complete in fact he hit me up asking if i knew as a shout out to mikey t and the vulture crew he hit me up and asked me if i i think he asked me if i knew where where I could find some of those or if I had some or something. And I'm like, no, dude, I don't have anything like that. Yeah. Those go for big bucks. If like the complete ones, you know, the three ring yeah. binder with all those sheets in them. Mm-hmm. So then after Miss Catherine, we go to the camp bones segment. And uh, from what I understand, this was kind of like a holiday get together at the Powell warehouse. Um, I think they did lots of photo shoots at this one. Mm-hmm. And I know there's one you guys probably know where the whole team is like on the flat bottom of the mini ramp and they all got those cool team jackets on. Yeah. That's from this one. But we've got some cool clips of uh, Doug Smith, Chris Borst, Tommy Guerrero, Steve Caballero, Jim Thibault, even a little cameo from Lance Jr. in there. Um, you can see Todd Swank shooting photos, some other people hanging hanging out. Stacy, I think. Is, yeah, uh, Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> You can see Lance. And that crossbones um, ramp, man. That That is the crossbones ramp, correct? I think so, before they moved it outside. For, they, yeah, because it, it ended up outdoors. Yeah. yeah. There's even a quick shot of Stesic in there. Yep. Yep, I saw that. That looked so much fun, man. God, yeah. would you, what, what I wouldn't give to be able to just go skate at that place at that time mm-hmm. and just not even skate, just watch. I think there's a couple news clips that came out from this get-together um, that are online. I think one of them's even in the uh, Bones Brigade documentary where they're interviewing George Powell and he's just like, yeah, Christmas 87 is like, you know, our biggest year yet. And it's like, we weren't prepared for all these sales and we're a little bit behind and we're trying to figure out how we're going to do all this. I think that's from this get together. And then right out of that, we've got Johnny Rad doing McTwist and Shout. And that's an outtake from Future Primitive. Yeah. Who doesn't love Johnny Rad? Yeah, we we love Johnny Rad. We just had him introduce our Animal Chin episode, so it was pretty exciting. Yeah, it's it's cool to see that whole McTwist and Shout segment. By the way, yeah, because you do get a snippet in public domain, right? Yeah, right before uh, McGill's part. 
but okay. just like a few seconds of it. And we talked about in the future primitive episode, how all the kind of like raw master tapes were stolen. But so the only extra footage that seems to come to surface from future primitive is from Johnny rad. <laughs> Cause there's this song. And then there's another one later they put on the special edition DVD that, so there's like three or four songs from this filming session for future primitive. Pretty interesting. And the piano player is uh, Jordan uh, Zivon, Warren Zivon's son. Oh, no way. Yeah. So that puts Johnny in four videos then, right? If I'm not, if I'm doing the math right. Yeah. Future Primitive, Animal Chin, Axe Rated, yeah. and Public Domain. That's He's a pretty good. That's a quite pretty a good cr- reoccurring yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. So after that, we go back to uh, Miss Catherine. And here she's letting us know about the latest in T-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants. Uh, and even uh, the Bones Brigade videos. Yo, homeboys, chill out and shout in these Bones Lounge Life sweats. Yes, you can have it all. Comfort, durability, and miles of style. Be long gone casual and ride with the king. If these pants were men, they'd be the Cadillac of dudes. Larry, that uh, I think she's standing behind. Is that, or she's standing in front of that shirt of, that you love, that you that you been have been waiting for for a long time. Oh, the the fan club mail order T-shirt. I think so. Isn't yeah. she standing in front of it? Like yeah, the, the, the black. airplanes, yeah, the graffiti logo type thing. Yeah, yeah. So after that, uh, we have a segment entitled "Build," and this is the. Uh, some great kind of behind the scenes footage of building the animal chin ramp and then some outtakes from the video. And we see uh, Lance McGill, Tim Payne, TK building the ramp almost from scratch, like clearing the field, the wood showing up, leveling it all out and building it. This is all, this is almost kind of like the the highlight of the video, I think. By far. Yeah. Yeah, The kind of even the longest segment too. Yeah. Yeah. You see that, you see the wood getting unloaded off the flatbed. Yeah, you know, it's a couple loads. That's pretty. That's a lot yeah, of wood. It's like really cool historical sort of archival. If yet, yeah. If you haven't watched uh, Axe Rated and you you're interested in Animal Chin, go watch it just just to see this part. Yeah, this part is probably one of my favorites. Just watching them construct what was the the largest ramp ever at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And we all saw that ramp. We were just like, "What is that?" You know? <laughs> yeah. And watching it, it's so cool to just watch them make it. It's not like they called up, you know, some skateboard ramp building company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's all done illegally too, like just on someone else's property. So cool. Yeah. I was always sort of hoping it was skate Martians though. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a you, bummer. Just crop, cir- crop circles. Yeah. We all were hoping it would stay there so that we could one day go there. Right. I remember reading in the the Ramp Locals article that was Lance Mountain's article in Transworld, and he did a big article about this video. And he said Craig Stesick made them like he would shoot photos of them building it, and then he would ask him to take it down again so he could shoot video. Like I <laughs> like I know you just I know you just built this deck, but you're gonna have to take it down because we got to get a different angle or you know no way I think yeah. So they said that was like frustrating. So they built it twice, kind of. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they went along with that. Yeah, I was. Then I was. I noticed when they were putting up the decks, they all had those two by fours and they're just holding. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's so sketchy, so one, sketch. One yeah. false move, and they're all yeah. done. 
I really liked being able to like see and hear the skating without any music. Yeah, you know, the one thing that really sticked out sticks out to me was just the sound of Powell Swiss just yeah i thought of that too i was like this is like an amazing bones bearing swiss ad because every yeah, time they're in the wear you just hear those wheels spinning like crazy dude yeah you know what else is interesting is that you can tell that it's uh it's it's painted pvc coping mm-hmm. oh so they painted it gray yeah or it's like it... there's a part where they're, they're drilling, drilling the pvc they're drilling yeah. the coping in and they it pulls back and you can see the the plastic shards kind of hanging off where they chopped it Oh, wow. And you could tell that they painted it. Well, I mean, maybe they bought it, bought gray PVC. I've never seen that, but I think they painted it to look like metal coping, which makes sense. Because if you think about how much that would cost, you do metal coping on a ramp that size. I really liked hearing Tommy like cheering too. Like after every clip, he's like hooting and hollering. You can tell it's Tommy Guerrero. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But lots of great tricks there. I mean... You know, I said, I think I said earlier, you know, I was always a kid who wanted, who wanted to see more. And then it was just like this video, you know, came out and I was just like, oh my God, I get like 20 more minutes of Animal Chin. It's just like super awesome. Yeah. I noticed that other shot with Tony Hawk and you could see the top of his grip tape, which yep. I thought was super rad. That was like yeah. the grip tape art kind of era too. Yeah. I think Lance has some art on his too. It's amazing the amount of, uh, amount of work that used to go into grip tape, uh, just I mean, I guess people still do it, but it's mostly like cutting now. But back then it was like grip tape art with paint pens was like a huge, it's a lost thing now, you know? Uh, oh, I don't know. It's not lost at all. I you still don't think do so? Oh, no, all right, cool. Well, all right, yeah. <laughs> There's people that are, are definitely still making grip tape art. That's cool. It's not Maybe not quite the same. I remember the old grip tape, you could kind of rip it with your hands. Mm-hmm. kind of make weird jagged edges but now it's if the glue is so tight you can't really do that you have to cut it with a scissor so technique's a little different at least for me so then we cut back to uh miss Catherine, and she's showing us her temporary powell peralta tattoo and then of course more weird dialogue well that one's from uh that, that little bit right there is from public domain they for, they for you put, debutantes oh uh, they put that one in there too vacation yeah that's it I actually have a pack of those tattoos somewhere unopened. Really? I had like wow. four or five tattoos. I come across wow. it sometimes when I'm digging around. I never opened wow. it or applied it. I didn't know that was a a thing. Yeah, you could buy the, you know, just buy it at the skate shop. They'd usually be like in with the the stickers and the little glass cabinets. Oh man. It's like, oh, what's this? And this is like, oh, temporary tattoos. Oh, and then the guys that had the shop that I got the video from, they came back from a trade show. I think they had them applied on at the show. Like if you went by the Powell booth, you could get to one of these temporary tattoos and they're just like, check this out. We just got these at the trade show. (laughs) (laughs) You need to reissue those immediately. And then we've got the shake and bake segment. And this is uh, a little, looks like it was made like a little video greeting for uh, George and Christy Powell to help, you know, say happy anniversary to their 10 year wedding anniversary yeah and uh mcgill smashes the cake you know food fight breaks out and uh (laughs) it's pretty funny that's really funny yeah and one of the things i always think is just like these dudes look so cool they just look like the i mean just like the gear they've got on i was just like yeah dude the bones for gay is too cool tony looks like he just walked off the set of gleaming the cube Like he looks exactly like he did in that video. I mean, all these dudes, it looks like they, I don't know, man, they, they must've filmed that like right around the same time. Cause they look, this is like that era. Exactly. For sure. 
and Caballero gets out unscathed. He ends up with no no cake on him. Everyone else is pretty roughed up, pretty bad. Tommy Guerrero hurts his hand. It looks like. Yeah. yeah. Well, McGill's got the cake art skateboard. That's so good. Yeah. George, check out my new graphic. I just love how they're acting, but it's just like little kids, you know. It's kind of like that uh, Lance playful thing, but you get to see the whole gang together. Yeah. Which is, which you don't really get to see too often when they're not on their skateboard, right? Definitely. I always wondered where this was too. They're just like in some random basketball court somewhere. It's pretty weird. Yeah, who knows? So right after the shake and bake, we get to uh, the Vancouver mini ramp contest. And this is at the uh, Richmond Skate Ranch in Vancouver. And uh, this was over the weekend of March 5th and 6th in 1988. And they highlight four of the Powell Riders that were in the uh, contest. I know there were some others there, but we've got a run from Doug Smith and uh, Tommy Guerrero, Lance Mountain, and Mike McGill. And like I said, this is just another one of these contests that really captured my attention. And they referred to this ramp as the mini chin ramp. So I guess after the chin ramp came out, like any kind of ramp that had weird configurations was just like a chin ramp, you know? And this is kind of one of the rare, you know, I don't know how long Doug Smith was on Powell. We see him for one or two clips in that launch ramp part in Animal Chin. And then we see him here. And then we get them in, in public domain. I noticed Tommy Guerrero's riding his pointy nose board. It looks like a, like a prototype mm-hmm. for the right after kind of the pig shape board, which was pretty interesting. I love Lance, of course. I think he does that huge air off the wall over that big deck into that side mini ramp. Yes. And that's super sick. And then he ends his run with a fly out. And then he does the handrail off the, the deck of the oh, ramp. Yeah. That's super cool. <laughs> This ramp looks so fun. I know. I want to make this ramp. Dude. <laughs> oh, my God. And this is, we see this park later on expanded. You know, this is like uh, in public domain. We see Lance uh, skate here. And then this mm-hmm. is a lot of like the Colin McKay footage that we see even later on, which I think they knocked out some walls in here and just built more ramps everywhere, kind of connected them all. Yeah, Tommy's run is just amazing. Yeah, he does a gate twist at the end. Yeah. It's just nonstop. It's like, I don't even think they were timed. They would just go till they were done. Yeah. I noticed uh, McGill's wearing a Kevin Harris t-shirt. He's trying to score like some local points with the locals. Like I'm down (laughs) with Kevin Harris, dude. And then he does that crazy wall ride air. uh, Since he's goofy footed, he does it front side, which is really sick. I I can't think of another time where I've, where I've seen McGill wearing another team writers t-shirt. He, that dude repped his his own logo pretty hard. Yeah, I can recall one other time the uh, the Houston Shut Up and Skate contest in '86, where the four guys wore each other's T-shirt as like a camaraderie type thing. Oh yeah, like I can't remember who's wearing who, but you know, like yeah, Hawks wearing a Lance and Lance is wearing a McGill. That's and, pretty cool. And, you know, Cabs wearing the Hawk, and you know, that and kind of thing. McGill's wearing it the right direction. Yeah, he doesn't have it on backwards. He doesn't have it on backwards. <laughs> Dude, McGill had a strong run on this in this section too. Yeah, yeah these guys are really ripping. Yeah, they all did. Yeah, I'd like to see some more of this footage. They've got to be Powell's just got to be sitting on hours and hours of tapes because yeah. I know Mike V was in this contest. Like it would be rad to mm. see. And I think I kind of feel like in a way this whole video is like they should have slipped Mike in there somewhere because this is when he was like really starting to explode in 1987 you know, in mm-hmm. popularity, they should have had him in there somewhere. We got to talk about the song in this section though. Oh yeah. <laughs> Skate master Tate year of the Tate. Yeah. Larry, Larry's got a little, uh, 
little history with that song. Oh yeah. Well, Skate Master Tate was a friend of mine and I put out a skate zine, I guess it was about seven or eight years ago now. And I was thinking of tr- something cool that would, you know, I could include with the zine. So I asked Skate Master Tate if I could put this song on a flexi disc to include for free with the zine. And he said, sure. And uh, now it exists in some weird plastic format. So do you still have those? Yeah, I still have some. I still have some. Yeah, because they did an overrun on them. So I kind of have all these uh, some extras. Just the flexi discs or the or the whole full zine? Uh, I have a few zines and then I have a bunch of extra flexis, which I made a cover for because after he passed away, I made a cover and then was selling them online for there was like a GoFundMe uh, set up. Oh, so cool. any anyone that bought the the record, you know, I donated all the money to the GoFundMe and then I think the first year after he passed, Christian Asoy had a uh, like a Skate Master Tate Memorial Skate Jam, and I brought a bunch, nice. whatever I had left. I took them there, and then Christian like almost kind of strong armed people, like went like person to person. Everyone who was there was like, "You got to buy this," you know, because they were the whole idea was just to raise more money for his mom because uh, Skate Master Tate, whose name is Jerry. Um, kind of like looked after his mom his mom was elderly so there was like a gofundme for to help his mom out so so this flexi disc you know ended up helping skate master tate's mom after after he passed away that's awesome man yeah that's very cool so yeah, yeah this song is awesome yeah it's kind of like a redo of i can't think of what it was originally called he's on one of the thrasher skate comps the mm-hmm. early ones i would say i'd take a stab and say volume three i should have looked up what it was but it's the same kind of thing like he's saying like a skater's name and just like here's like a trick they did or their part in history but this version is way better so the other ones like i think he talks about stacy peralta in the first one can't remember but I think they're both on YouTube. If anyone out there wants to go, go check them out. Yeah, the music is classic too. It's like an old Beastie Boys track. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know anything about rap or hip hop, but I think Beastie Boys, when I hear this, this is kind of like a more like aggressive type rap song. Fits perfectly with the uh, subject matter though. Just- oh yeah. Yeah. So then we're uh, back to Miss Catherine again. And uh, this time she's showing off the, the time warp clocks. It's oh, like, I, ha- I had one of those. Really? With the, the actual clock mechanism yeah, in there? Yeah, when I worked at the, the skate shop, it came in one day and it was like a hot pink Caballero dragon. Nice. And I was like, yeah, it's only like 25 bucks. It's like half the price is a real board or something. Yeah. Give me that. <laughs> yeah. So did you set it up and skate it? You took the clock no, it had, I it had it. the actual clock on it and it was warped. Yeah. So you didn't want to skate it. Because I knew people that were buying them because like you said, they're half the price, but they were yeah. just like, oh, I'll just have, you know, wobbly uneven board for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty bad. You, you, didn't, you weren't going to skate it. And I have an original Lance mountain deck that uh, has a really bad twist in it. And Lance told me it was probably at one point in line to become one of these clocks but they just never got to it and then you know at some point in the 90s they're just like we got to get all these boards out of here they're like five bucks so crazy man i wonder if they ever made bonite clocks sure i think lots. the ones i saw were were bonite boards i was gonna say yeah the shop that i've already brought up a couple times they had a guerrero like a baby blue guerrero clock yeah we had one at splash I cannot remember what it was. I just remember it being there. And it's funny in the video, she's like, you can wear it like a watch. Optional wristband. You can use it as a watch. (laughs) Miss Catherine is the best. Yeah. Yeah. 
we need to find her. And then we have Steve Size, kind of a, a real quick mini ramp part. And this is actually Stacy Peralta's uh, mini ramp in his backyard. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. Yep. I remember there was a Powell ad with Stacy riding it at one point. Hmm. And I think in one of the intelligence reports, he's, you know, it's captioned as like Stacy's ramp in his, his house. So that's why I've retained this information since 1988. I was always but, wondering about that. I, I always assumed it was steve's backyard or something like that but he's going pretty wild some uh, really big huge you know early grab airs and he's got does a varial and oh dude he was a mini ramp assassin yeah i mean like that there's just nothing else to say about it like that guy just killed mini ramps shout out to steve size he's been going wild on our on our instagram he's liking all the photos and everything so steve you're coming on the show in the future get ready (laughs) <laughs> steve's awesome man and then we go to mini steve caballero which uh it's captioned 1979 and matt we kind of talked about this in our skateboarding in the 80s mm-hmm. episode because <clears throat> i was just like okay 79 he's probably wearing he's riding like a ray bones board but he's mm-hmm. riding a steve caballero board so yeah are we wrong are they wrong because this <laughs> he didn't have a pro model in 79 right that's too early I don't know, man. I mean, he, he looks like he just crawled out of <laughs> his mother's womb in this video, dude. Yeah. Like, he's so yeah. tiny. This section starts off with like the biggest freaking ollie over the this giant, you know, roll in on this bowl, this canyon. Yeah. And you're like, dude. this kid is just a complete prodigy. Like it's yeah. unreal. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I feel like, uh, if I had I disposable know. right here, I would just grab it and see what year they credit his board. I got one right here. Okay, here we go. We're getting to the bottom of it. This 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 is where where, where is this uh, video taken? What, what park was this? Oh, you know, I wanted to look that up today, but I was running. I'm, I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it's Winchester. That's his local NorCal was, park, right? That would be the park he was skating when, like, he was this age. I would I would think I could be wrong about this. Totally. Okay, that sounds right. But, it's saying 1980. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so 80 for his first pro model. So maybe this was 80. I mean, they could have gotten it wrong. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting because we discussed in the skateboarding in the 80s, there's that commentary track from Stacy, and he yeah. says it's 1970. That video is 1979 as well. But, you know, we did our detective work, and that tells us, you know, all yeah. signs lead to 1982. Yeah, they might have just been like, because, you know, they were like, Who's going to, who's going to know, who's going to know, who's going to care. They didn't yeah. think that, you know, 30, however many years later, there'd be like three grown ass men sitting there going, well, you know, technically his first board didn't come out until, <laughs> they, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure they did it. I mean, they thought that this would be seen by a handful of people in skate shops and then it would go away forever, you know, yeah. <laughs> and here we are talking about it. Yeah. Dissecting every little detail. Yeah. He does do a caballerial and he also does a switch invert. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy, which they didn't think of it as switch back then. I think he just thought of it as like going backwards. Reverse. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely on a cab. No two ways about it. Yeah. He's on a a pro model. I don't know how he gaps that thing. I don't know how he does it, man. Think about how big that board is. Yeah. Yeah, And heavy. You can see it. And and when he comes up onto the, the deck in like a couple of shots later, how like, if you look at the board, he's coming up, he's doing like a tail block, kind of like a front side. Yeah. And he's grabbing the nose. And it's like, you could tell if he's putting that, if he stands it next to him, it's probably up to like his waist or something like that. It's yeah, incredible. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, that guy's the, just the best. And skating stuff that big. 
Yeah, that's a, I mean, that, that bowl is like four times the size of him. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I don't know where that is. I got me. I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm going to guess Winchester or Colton. Maybe I think that was his other local park. It didn't look like Lakewood, though, that we from right. skating in the 80s, though. Uh, then we go back to Miss Catherine. Uh, she's, you know, more weird dialogue from her here. Discover the future. Agree to enjoy. Special friends deserve speed cream. They're so much fun, they ought to be illegal. And then we have some footage of the Gold Rush uh, trade show booth. Speed cream. Oh yeah, the speed, speed cream. cream. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't say anything that is. There's you know, a lot of weird kind of like innuendo, yeah, perverted stuff sprinkled in throughout this <laughs> video. But they show that trade show booth, and you can see, you know, they're playing. You know, you can see Myth Catherine, and then they show Savannah Slamma too at one point. Yeah, and I think <laughs> they're autographing summer tour 88 posters yeah yeah which is pretty cool that trade show booth is it's great like that's crazy they got like stacy's head on the board and it's on some <laughs> yeah it's rotating <laughs> and it's like george's head it's like too. gold yeah. kind of just like padded furniture yeah there's well, like a hole in there as if someone's in there yeah the, bo the board or, the board shapes that they have the heads on are super weird like yeah, know, the tails are like they're all looks like a bat wing like a or Batman. something. Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say it looks like a Batman, like the the bat bat board or something like that. What if Catherine was hanging like hiding out in that little pyramid there? <laughs> She's just in there. They used to do all kinds of elaborate trade show booths. Like there's the one where they made the gas gas station. They had the gas pumps. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, great. So after that, we have Mini Hawk from 1982, and this is just a cut and paste of his part from skateboarding in the 80s. But of course, you know, I had not seen skateboarding in the 80s yet. So seeing this for the first time, you know, when I originally saw this video, which was like super cool. Like, again, it's like, I always wanted to see more, you know? So it's like, you're just getting, you know, history, more just weird, random extra footage. He's riding cabs board, isn't he? Yeah, he's riding cabs board. So he's probably still am, or if he's pro, he doesn't, I don't think he has his model yet. So cool to watch him. They're so little. Yeah. And then we go back to Miss Catherine and this is pretty funny. She does a sticker toss. Yeah. He's like, sticker. throw them at your poodle. And then you can hear one of the people. Like kind of in the background, they're like, God, this hurts. Like they're getting pelted <laughs> with stickers. And the hands coming up in the bottom of the frame. Yeah, it's super, super funny. Yeah, for the ultimate in social intercourse, have a sticker toss in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great, man. And there's like four or five people, maybe tops, just with their hands <laughs> in the air, just getting yeah. pelted with stickers. That's why I always just think of this actress, like, you know, she goes home and, you know, she's telling like, oh, you had this gig today. What happened? It's just like, I threw stickers and I talk like a robot. It's random like, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they dressed me like a 1950s. Wilma Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> she does actually. I never really put the Wilma Flintstone thing together, but you're right. She's got like yeah, the hairdo and then the those, green yeah, dress. The necklace. And, yeah. yeah. Well, that was definitely a look back then, you know? Yeah. My grandma had hair like that. Yeah. <laughs> And that could also be more, I guess, what we've been calling future primitive. Like, she's this primitive, like, mm. 1950s housewife. And then the, the you know, the future is she's a robot. It's like yeah. putting these two worlds together. Yeah. 
And then to kind of close it out, we've got demented chins. And this is more animal chin footage. This is kind of like goofier. Yeah, goofier stuff. Some slams to get cab uh, on a on a longboard. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, TK's board. Who's mm. the you know that kind of hippie guy that from Future Primitive in Virginia Beach, and then he was one of the the builders because there is oh, a photo cool. I've seen recently of uh, TK riding a board like that from maybe like '83 or '84, and nice. then I, so I figured that maybe that's his because it almost looks exact exactly the same, like a two by six or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of lots of cool little funny outtake stuff in this in this part. Yeah, I like the action part where Stacy's calling for action, and they're probably like, "Let's give him a hard time and not <laughs> pretend we can't hear him." Later. Yeah, I like the uh, Caballero does a boneless the lip slide on that ledge that he's mm-hmm. from Animal Chin. That was pretty creative. And then we've got Tony Hawk doing the ollie at Del Mar. We got a couple yeah. different angles of that that we don't see in Animal Chin. And then, you know, as always, Lance just being hilarious. Glad that they were able to get the Ali Del Mar into another video. And then you got the scene where Lance, he's doing a board slide or something and he kind of kicks it out. And then he just like, or he lands in front of this, some motorcycles parked in the, in the driveway of this house. And Lance just kind of does this like humps well, the motorcycle yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, he like squats on his board. It's like really yeah. weird. <laughs> I like funny. there's, there's one part. It's from the chin ramp where it's kind of like a wide shot of the whole ramp. And I'm guessing Stacey's like, I need everybody, you know, doing something at once. And they all like Tony gets real low, like he's surfing. And then they all mm-hmm. just like do this, like everyone's like goofing. It's pretty funny. Dude, it's great. Yeah. So many good outtakes. Yeah, they must have so many outtakes because in the special edition chin DVD, there's a bunch. And I don't think any of that repeats from what we see here and then i think even in the bones brigade documentary they show some outtakes and none of it repeats i was just like they must have shot like a hundred hours of video and then like you know just had to cut it down to one hour it's like crazy but that's kind of almost it i mean the video is only 25 minutes long it's very weird and interesting just and then just some few simple credits at the end which i kind of read at the beginning of the show here and you get the same the end that runs at the end of public domain. That's right. Yeah. That same screen. Yeah. That comes up at the end of public domain. Yeah. So they recycle. I mean, they're mm-hmm. recycling leftovers from previous yep. videos into this one. And then they're even taking bits and pieces from this one and spilling it over into public domain. Yeah. Really is an interesting little uh, part of the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Is it so, five or is it three? <laughs> five or three? We'll yeah. call it 3.5. Yeah. <laughs> So any uh, final thoughts on this video? I think they should make a, a new one just like it, bring it current. Yeah, that would be cool. Find Miss Catherine again. Find Miss Catherine and reissue your favorite shirt and get some clocks out there again. Yeah, yes. talk about Andy Anderson boards and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did you just see that dark slide he just did? Yeah, that, that was that, crazy. That was wow. insane. Yeah. He's a magician. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't put this in the box set. That's mm. the one thing that bums me out. Yeah. Well, I have a dream where this could end up uh, at some point that I think I'll save it for the public domain episode. Okay. But another thing, so I I mentioned earlier, I was looking for that uh, Bones Brigade intelligence report that had a little article about this video, but also included that it, it, if I'm remembering, so I couldn't find this magazine to, to look at the details to refresh myself, but right around the same time, there was a it was only titled as the freestyle video. So they were going to put out a video 
just highlighting the freestylers. What year was that? 1988. Oh, wow. So it would have been right around the time of when this came out. So it was going to be Rodney, Pear, Kevin Harris, and uh, Sophie. They mentioned Sophie, who's that girl freestyler you see in public domain. So I don't know. They must have shelved it at some point or recycled the footage into public domain or something. But I thought that was, you know, you know, clearly they're kind of market starting the beginning to market a freestyle video, but you know, it never, never came to light. Or maybe that maybe there's an edit and they just shelved it, you know, thinking like, man, no one's going to buy a freestyle video. We only sell like three freestyle boards a month. (laughs) So, you know, maybe we shouldn't, you know, make a video. I don't know. It's just another kind of fun, interesting video that almost happened. Yeah. Who knows what kind of tricks were invented in the making of that video. Yeah. So that was just something fun and extra I wanted to bring up. I'm sorry I couldn't find that zine to uh, bring up all the details. But that's about it. That's a quick one. And, you know, I got to say, oh, man, after the last three videos that we've just done episodes for, my brain is is pretty shot. So it was kind of, <laughs> kind of a nice change of pace to do kind of like a fun, weird one that wasn't as long. So, so Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So if people want to keep up to date on Skateface when that's coming out, like where, where can they go or get information uh, on that? Just on the Instagram. Okay. You know, I'll keep people up to date. Hopefully nice. it's going to be uh, pretty soon. I know it's taken forever, but you know. If you had of... to take a guess, or can you not even speculate when it might come out? Oh, no. You know, it's kind of like releasing a record. Once it goes to the record label, they have to kind of do their thing. Uh-huh so that that's the, the point it's at but it's done you've seen it yep i know there's been speculation if it really exists or not but it does. <laughs> yeah now am i allowed awesome. to watch that again or is that just like a temporary yeah, yeah, you can watch it again. okay yeah because i want to digest it and i think matt we should we should do a full episode on that once it's released hell yeah uh, dude. um because you know there's yeah. a lot of powell peralta content you know talking about vcj and oh yeah uh, lance is in there and stuff so yeah so whenever it's released we'll put it into the timeline of you know we're kind of going in in order so i guess that would be we just added to the list uh the tony hawk documentary until the wheels fall off yeah so then we'll we'll tack this one on right after that excellent well thanks guys thanks for doing this show it's uh it's really fun to listen to when when i'm driving around oh nice glad you're digging it i think there's there's a few super power nerds like us out there that i think are really digging the show so yeah it's been fun to do and it was great to meet you and we thank you for coming on we know it was a quick one so thanks for taking the time to uh hang out with us today absolutely awesome thanks man all right thanks guys thanks matt good times yeah and uh also be sure to check out the instagram for skateface uh to keep up to date when that uh movie's coming out that's uh sk number eight face yes skate is sk eight yep. yes well matt it's that time once again i understand the bones brigade audio show mailbag stuff to the gills this week it is it's like uh it's like this must be what santa claus feels like you know <laughs> a few weeks before christmas yeah <laughs> yeah we got a few this week man um nice awesome uh we have our our first uh international mail submission i think right yeah i think uh, so got yeah one from uh, one from england here awesome. um and yeah i got a few more so without further ado let's let's jump in and just remember guys uh if you're listening and you want to hear uh you know your thoughts aired on the podcast you know 
drop us a line and we will uh, very likely get to it. So, uh, yeah, let's start off. We got uh, Tim M. He says, oh, my God, the Johnny Rad intro to the Search for Animal Chin episode was incredible. What an amazing surprise. Where did you find him? How did that come together? He must be underground like Chin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tim was really great. Uh, People are really reacting to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was reacting to it. Yeah. I was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Larry, how did that come together? Uh, well, I met Johnny Rad maybe about 10 or 11 years ago. I think kind of around the time the Bones Brigade documentary was coming out, he started uh, gigging around LA and I went to one of their shows and was super psyched, you know, to, to yeah. see, see the band play. And then, you know, I had to say hi after it. I got a photo with him and kind of just wrapped out with the band a little bit and they started playing pretty consistently there for a while. And, uh, just kind of became friends with them and you know johnny's a he's an awesome dude so hell yeah yeah reached out to johnny and he had a he had a few moments between sets at the blue towel lounge and yeah. he recorded that nice intro for us and yeah. kicked yeah. it all off well thank you uh to tim for writing in and thank you to johnny so uh we're gonna move on to uh andy from southampton england oh wow hi yes hi guys i am in southampton england and discovered your podcast this week. I've listened to all five already. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Yeah, binge, binge that's, that's, listening. That's some, yeah, I was going to say that's some time right there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, yeah, I first saw Animal Chin in 1988 when a friend got hold of it. We could rent Future Primitive from our local video shop. No idea how they even had a copy. We'd been skating for a couple of years and these videos changed our lives. I bought Public Domain in 1988. Wow, the Rubber Boys bit blew our minds. Uh, Really looking forward to the next episode. Anyway, thanks for doing the podcast. I'm sure it's making a lot of old skaters like me around the world very happy. Cheers, Andy. That's awesome. Thank you, Andy. Super awesome. And Andy, I'll tell you, uh, the Rubber Boys bit blew my mind as well as my friend Larry's here. Yeah, it blew everyone's mind, I think. We're not alone in that. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. Um, Brian from New York. I just finished your podcast for Search for Animal Chin. You mentioned that during the chin ramp scene with the tunnel, that Tony Hawk wasn't present. The reason why is because when they were doing doubles, Tony and Cab collided and Tony ended up going home early. He mentions it in, he mentions it in the Search for Animal Chin special edition commentary track. Well, there you go. Oh, wow. Nice. I vaguely remember that actually now that he mentions that. Yeah, me too. I remember hearing um, that. Mystery solved. Yeah, I was in getting ready for the Animal Chin episode. I was kind of tempted to listen to that audio track. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we mentioned last episode, we are going to revisit uh, Animal Chin again in the future. And it's actually kind of be kind of based around that special edition DVD. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd save that commentary, you know, discussion for that episode. And I, I remember only listening to that commentary once mm-hmm. whenever that came out i can't remember what year like in the earlier 2000s yeah but uh, i watched the heck out of that like documentary on there so that's where i spent a lot of my time on that uh, special edition but we're gonna go over that double disc set with a fine tooth comb uh, when the time comes all right we got one more uh hey just wanted to drop a line to tell you this is one of my favorite new podcasts out there by a mile oh, keep wow. up the great work the content and guest roster so far has been beyond impressive. 
Larry, I used to watch you on Mondays with Mike V all the time. <laughs> I loved that show back in the day, and it's awesome to see you doing this now. Excellent work. Cheers. That was from Rob K. Oh, wow. What do you think about that? Yeah, Mondays yeah. with Mike V. I almost kind of forget about that. That feels like <laughs> a lifetime ago. Yeah, Mondays with Mike V. That's actually, uh, that was my introduction to Larry as well, I believe. Oh, I've, wow. told you, I've told this story. Yeah, my yeah. First time I ever saw Larry was a episode of Mondays with Mike V where he was uh, forced to um, go work out after eating a bowl of Fruit Loops or something like that. And then he ended up puking into a bush outside of a, a gym. And I was like, what is this dude? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? That's funny. Yeah. Um, I remember we were thinking like, oh, it should be so it should be funny that you know, you work out too hard that you throw up. So we, we faked the scene of me throwing up, but in the process of like doing fake dry heaves, I actually... really, yeah, I really made myself <laughs> throw up. That was a, one of a couple of, well, I guess, self-inflicted sort of, um, I wouldn't say throwing up as an injury, but didn't you actually really hurt your leg jumping off a curb or something like that in some episode? Oh, I, I did have a hurt right shortly. I think we filmed maybe one episode of that. And then I did hurt my knee skating, doing a Bertelman slide at Paul Revere Junior High in Santa wow. Monica. Nice. And uh, I, I think I have some type of like ACL damage. So now mm. it's basically untreated. Like I couldn't walk or skate for a long time, but now it's already been like 10 years. So mm. it's kind of. Still gives me a little bit of problems, but uh, I can yeah. I can ride around a little bit. So one of the uh, bad parts of not having health insurance is like, hey, I think I need knee surgery, but you know I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, damn. Well, we can definitely uh, we can definitely sit here and talk about Mondays with Mike V all night, but we'll probably call it call it here. But thank you, uh, thank you, Rob, for the email. That was awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, we're, we're very flattered to hear anything like that. So many people seem to dig this thing. And uh, yeah, super excited. That's um, very cool. Yeah. If you want to send us an email to read for us to read in a future episode, just hit up uh, the Bones Brigade audio show.com. Go to our contact page and you can email us uh, right through there. So I'm feeling uh, like in a generous mood again, Matt. I think I might plop a couple of cool songs at the end of this episode as well. Oh, um, yeah. But that's about it. Until next time, I'm Larry. I'm Matt. Reminding you to never stop searching for Chin. And we'll see you next time, everybody. <laughs>
a decade down And on the west coast is where we're found I still sport fat like Garfield the cat And if you know where I live, you know where I'm at We collect so clothes, yeah, funky threads And hair master Masao has two-tone dress Where you starting to dance off Christian Hussoy Ten foot plus is what he employs That you heard before, he's one hell of a skater Ivan and Ziyar are down by Tater James Miller, Wesley Humpstead With Aaron Murray and Julian Stranger The competition's in for plenty of danger Don't Scott Oster or Eric Dresden They'll make you feel some serious depression It's like two out living by Mount Baldy Skating faster than Emma seeing fit a party In a pool, in a pipe, or in the street Homeboy Stephen Mickey are hard to beat So pump up the volume on the PA Give me more on the mic, I got something to say Just carving the pool And when I wash my hair I use shampoo Went on my skate And in the street Mama Drip 33 Just can't be beat I often use only rectal pads And they protect cab When it tries to get red Force me while I use super cooks With my indie trucks I never have to push I just hop on And they start rolling And on Tuesday nights I go The Rolling Stones, Barney Rubble, Mick Jagger, and even Steve Jones, Keith Richards, and Liston, and Johnny Rodney. And when I clean my Swiss, I use a swab of cotton. My favorite feast is steak and lobster. Al Capone was my favorite monster. Willie Mays is my favorite ball player. And Clint Eastwood is my favorite mayor. Here's another thing that you all should know that I'm part Cubano, but Castro's no bro. Say the other half from El Salvador. I saw a sticker read another Vietnam War. I like to ride my skate three times a day to watch the sunset across the SM Bay. I get to hanging out with all my bros. I got my Nike Air Jordans to protect my fat toes. I love the parents as I do mine. By the way, George and Hill, you're doing just fine. Say you bought your first skate May 73. And now, thanks to God, I get mine for free. No Fila. Sporting Jimmy Z. No Gucci. This is a Thrasher T. No Adidas. I got my wine. No Louis Vuitton, I wear a panel time. Yeah, beware. beware. The one with the bulldog. Yeah. Word, word, word.